Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast, and we've got a fun one for you today. Uh, This is all going to be Saints. (laughs) This is why we are here. The Saints 49ers in which could be the matchup of the year. This is going to be a crazy game in and of itself because you have two 10-2 teams that are at the top of the pecking order. Now, uh, the playoff implications are huge, not to mention just you know the playoff seedings and all those things, but there's a lot more on the line for the 49ers than there are for the Saints. The Saints have already won their division. Uh, <laughs> they're in a normal division of football, whereas the 49ers, not so much. There's a lot more at play for the 49ers than the Saints. So what we're going to do today, we've got a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to get to uh, go through the Saints season kind of quickly, see what they're good at, what they're not so good at, who their losses and major quality wins were, injury reports for both teams. Then we're going to get into some scheme-specific stuff on the offense and defense of what the Saints do well, what they do poorly, some players you can um, uh, exploit, and players we need to watch out for. And then we're going to conclude with probably my favorite part of the week, our predictions and keys to the game going into this Sunday. And it's an early game. I hate that it's an early game, but it is what it is. We will be carrying it live, uh, live commentary on the Hot Mic app. So if you have an iPhone, please make sure you download that. We are getting a lot of volume over there, which is fun. Uh, I'm really glad that we've been able to, you know, this is one of the things that you guys asked for, and uh, we reached out to some developers and created this madness, and it's going really, really well. And so if you have not had the opportunity to join us for a game over there on Hot Mic app, please do so. Uh, Download the app. It's free. Uh, Hot Mic, H-O-T-M-I-C, one word. It's in the Apple Store, and use the promo code RUSHESF, R-U-S-H-E-S-F, and it's free. And then uh, you'll just find me on there. I've already signed up for the game, so you just click on which game and you can listen to us from that from that perspective. And it's been a lot of fun. Enable chats coming. That's a brand new thing that they brought about to the game. And we're going to be breaking down two games because they're just so important to the 49ers on Sunday. Uh, I'll be live streaming the entire time for the 49ers Saints game. I'm going to record podcast right after the Kyle Shanahan press conference, eat with the family, chill for a little bit. Then we're going to be back Sunday night for the Seahawks-Rams game because that game is just as important to what the 49ers hold in the playoff setting. So uh, you you guys can have the opportunity to get eight-plus hours of me (laughs) recording on Sunday. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great stuff coming your way and on top of that our very next episode is our 200th 
podcast. We are uh, hitting a new milestone here. So we're going to be giving away some t-shirts on that podcast immediately after the game. Uh, really, really excited about this week. This is this has been a big week for the 49ers Rush podcast. So um, now let's jump into the game. Let's talk about this real quick. Who are the Saints? Uh, obviously, they are 10-2. and two. They are the number one seed currently in the NFC. Uh, they, they own the tiebreaker over the Seattle Seahawks because they have played one additional game in conference. And uh, real quick, actually, I'm, I'm going to kind of pause because I keep getting a lot of questions on Twitter, which if you ha- don't follow me there, please do so at jail underscore Chapman. The process for tiebreakers in the NFC and for the NFC West are two different things, okay? So there's a lot of misinformation out there. So first, let's just focus on the NFC West, and this is going to help us all understand what needs to happen with the 49ers and Seahawks and what can't happen and all those things, okay? These are the divisional tiebreakers, not playoff seeding, just divisional tiebreakers, okay? Then we'll get to the conference tiebreakers in a second. Okay, obviously the first one is head-to-head. Now, the 49ers and Seahawks play each other twice. They beat us the first time. We play Week 17 in Seattle for what determines basically the number one, two, or five seed, uh, more than likely. So if the 49ers defeat the Seattle Seahawks Week 17, that is going to be a push, and it moves down to uh, tiebreaker number two. Best one-loss percentage games played within the division. So again, if we beat, if the 49ers beat the Seahawks, that's going to be a tie as well, assuming that both teams take care of business the next two weeks. Now, this is a good thing, and it's in the 49ers' favor in this case. They have two division matchups because they are playing the Cardinals and they are playing against the Rams during this time. So we only have to play against the Rams. They have an additional divisional game. So uh, more opportunities for the Seahawks to lose there. Third one in the division, best one-loss tied percentage in common games. These are teams where we played the same, and there's not a lot of teams there, and we're kind of uh, even right now because we both lost to the Ravens, but the Seattle Seahawks lost to the Saints. So uh, if the 49ers get a win here, this is going to be the one that flips and puts the 49ers ahead. Now, is there a way for the 49ers to lose to the Saints and still win um, the the number one seed in the NFC West? Yes, there definitely is. Let's say we lose to the Saints, then we win Week 17. That's going to put us at a tie record there again. And the fourth thing is best winning percentage played within the conference. Now, this is where it's going to get a little bit closer because we're going to need some help um, on that one because if we lose... We'll basically be tied again on that one because we lost to the Saints. We lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Saints. They would have lost to the 49ers. So that's going to push it down again. Then we get to strength of victory. Um, that's basically how many teams have you, uh, you combined the total record for all the teams that you have played. And whoever um, has played against better teams, that's going to be huge. Then strength of schedule. Then best combined ranking of conference teams and points scored and points allowed. We win that one by a mile. Um, So things are in our favor. It all hinges upon two main games, however, for the 49ers. Obviously the Saints this week. And then, of course, the Seattle Seahawks week 17. So that's for the division tiebreaker. Now, this game against the Saints determines a lot more for conference tiebreakers because let's just assume that the 49ers and the Saints are the one and two tiers, okay? So what you do first is head-to-head. 
<laughs> so the fact that we're just playing one game, it doesn't matter if it's on the road or not. This is going to be the tiebreaker. And here is why the Saints are the number one seed currently over the Seattle Seahawks as they beat them head to head. So that is going to be the clearest one because the Seahawks lost to the Saints and the 49ers are playing the Saints this week. You don't really have to go much further than that. So as far as conference tiebreakers go, it's this game. This is going to determine the number one or two seed. That's just the way it is. So it's going to be interesting because there's just so much on the line. Obviously, the Saints are a very, very good football team. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. They do so many great things. So let's back up now. Let's pay attention to what it is that the Saints have accomplished or what they have done so far this year. Now, they're 10-2. Their two losses, uh, uh, sorry, their two losses were at the Los Angeles Rams. They won by, uh, they lost by 18 points to the Rams in week two when we still thought the Rams were good. And then they lost to the Falcons, um, which <laughs> in the Superdome, which is crazy, by 17 points. So you, you have these two main games uh, that it's just quite interesting, I guess you could say. I, I, don't, I don't really know how else to say. Sorry, they lost by eight points. I was, I was wrong on that one. But how is it <laughs> this team? I get it's a division matchup or whatever, but the Superdome isn't. It's still crazy loud, and it's going to be the loudest game ever. But because the Saints, their style of play, they don't get that incredible home field advantage that you expect because they're not a run heavy football team. They're a very finesse driven offense that loves to throw it to uh, Michael Thomas, who's probably one of the better wide receivers in the league, and they love to throw it to their running back, Alvin Kamara. That's really their entire offense and it's much more of a finesse pass happy offense so because they don't play bone crushing defense and they don't run the ball it's one of those things that if a matchup team meets up against that things go bad very very quickly now their biggest wins they really haven't played a lot of good teams in a long time yeah i was going through their thing and i just tweeted this out the the saints haven't played a team with a winning record they played one in the past 10 weeks and that was against the Chicago Bears, who are just now 7-6. and six. So uh, they have played literally nobody. A lot of people want to get on the 49ers for how soft their schedule is. We've played three teams in a month <laughs> with over nine wins. They've played one winning team in 10 weeks, and that's a seven-win team. Uh, and that's barely. Uh, technically, you don't even count that game because it was this week. So they're just a 500 team, the Chicago Bears. Uh, so it, they really haven't been tested. Now, they are coming. Coming off, um, you know, a Thursday night game. So they have a lot of extra time. So they got that four extra days. It seems like every single team the 49ers play has had more time to prepare. But that's just kind of what it is. So um, it, it's interesting to say the least. You know, we look at the history of this matchup. The 49ers have dominated it. 48 wins to only 26 losses against the Saints and two ties. So you, you've got a 22-game advantage over this team. Historically, the Saints have been a very, very bad football team until Drew Brees decided to uh, sign there in free agency. And that kind of shifted for them. But what Sean Payton has done is pretty impressive. I'm not trying to take anything away from what they've got going on there. Now, before we continue, I do want to say thank you to Manscaped.com for making this podcast possible. Please use promo code 49ers, um, and they are going to hook you up over there. So here we go. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Um, untrimmed pubes are a thing 
of the past. It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. They are going to take care of all your male grooming needs. And on top of this, here's the deal. Nobody likes smelly people. It's just what it is. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 includes the Crop Preserver which get this this is a, this uh, this is an interesting one an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer so you put deodorant on your armpits why not take care of your nether regions you don't want them smelling either head over there to manscape.com use promo code 49ers 49ERS you're going to get 20% off and free shipping with that and trust me your balls will thank you so i really do appreciate those guys uh, a lot of support from them manscape.com help making the 40 Niners Rush podcast possible. Now, let's go over some injuries because we got a lot of news today. Uh, the Saints just about 30 minutes ago declared a lot of players out. Okay, Both their starting linebackers in their 4-2 sets, Kiko Alonso and A.J. Klein, have been ruled out for the game. Their fullback slash short yardage guy, Zach Line, out for the game. Their right guard, Andreas Pete, who was a pro bowler last year, broke his forearm. He's out. Tight end Justin uh, Vanderlin, he's got a concussion issue. He is out. He's kind of their second string guy really more of their third uh, third team blocking tight end but he's one of their uh backups. Then on top of that, probably the biggest injury is their left tackle Teron Armstead. He had a high ankle sprain 2 weeks ago. Now he missed last week versus the Falcons and he's going to be a game time decision. Now he missed last week. He has gotten in 3 limited practices, but he's still very ginger on that ankle. Uh, it's a high ankle sprain, so if he does come back it's going to be a very quick recovery time of only 2 weeks. So this is going to be key because he's going to be one of the most important players as D Ford's back this week for the 49ers and Nick Bosa. So not that Nick Bosa's been injured, but that's going to be the two prominent matchups against this left tackle who's you could argue Teron Armstead's the best left tackle in the NFL in a pass protection like he's up there he's involved in the conversation I'm not saying he's the best but you could make the argument that he is one of the best so if he is out it's scary because the Saints are already out with the right guard they have a rookie center Eric McCoy who I love but he does have a lot of penalties and then they could possibly be out with their left tackle and even if Teron Armstead does play He's not going to be 100%, and he's going to go up against a ridiculous amount of talent that's going to be coming at him all game with Eric Armstead, D. Ford, and Nick Bosa. So really, really excited about this front line and exactly what they can do. Now, let's jump in. I just want to check, take a quick thing. Uh, again, really do appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, this is awesome. I, I love the amount of involvement we're getting on the live show. And if you are watching or listening, wherever it is, uh, Twitter, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, we're all over the place. Please hit that like button and make sure you hit the subscribe button as well. It helps us out a lot. So here we go. John, who is better, the Packers or the Saints? Man, that is a great question. I think, man, I hate to, I think the Packers are better. I, I really, really do. When you watch the Saints film, they do a few things very, very well. They don't beat themselves. They are very, very consistent, and they move the ball very, very well. But the things that they are best at is just getting first downs and underneath stuff. Drew Brees doesn't throw the ball deep anymore. That's a thing of the past. He has six 
passes completed over 20 yards. So you really can shrink up the box. And if you make your tackles against this team, uh, their offense really isn't anything spectacular. Now, I will say this. The Saints' defense is far superior than that of the Packers. Um, But... they do have a few players the Saints do they really only have three studs and those three studs why not let's just keep talking about it Cameron Jordan uh the defensive end he's up for defensive player of the year 13 and a half sacks he is just all over the damn field he literally is one of the best defensive linemen and he's very similar to Eric Armstead with a little bit better pass rush so uh, Eric Armstead's having a career year Double-digit sacks. Well, Cameron Jordan's got 13 and a half, and he plays basically the exact same spot. Um, Then you've got Marcus Lattimore, who I consider a top-two corner in this league, uh, follows around your best receiver. Curious who they put him on, whether that's Debo or Emmanuel Sanders. Um, That's going to be interesting. Really curious to see what's going on. They could put him on George Kittle, to be honest with you. Uh, Their defensive scheme, I'm getting off script here, who cares? Um, (laughs) Their defensive scheme is very similar to the 49ers in their front six. They do a lot of wide nine stuff, but even the safety play is very, very similar. The main difference is they do more true man on the outside with their corners and allow their safety uh, Marcus Williams to just kind of free range so they don't do the true cover three it's much more of a cover one or a cover five as some teams call it where you run man underneath and you just have a safety just doing whatever he wants to do in the back. Now, that safety is Marcus Williams, who has four interceptions on the year. He's having a hell of a year. They literally just turn him loose, and he's allowed to read the quarterback's eyes and just go get it, and that's what he does. Uh, You go back to his film at Utah. I was super high on this kid because of his ball skills, and he is able to get his hands on the ball a lot. Um, Great closing speed player that keeps everything in front of him. He's not great in the run game, but he is amazing, kind of a racer, free safety back there. So, you know, they have these three dynamic players. Their linebackers haven't played well, and both their starters are out. So a lot of players you can exploit in this San Francisco running game, and I think that's going to happen a lot. So uh, personally, I think the Packers are a better team. Um, I I would, but we'll see. I, I think we match up perfectly with the Saints, uh, to answer your question. Uh, How long before I can listen to you on Android with Hot Mike? It's supposed to come out the 13th, so uh, it has been launched on Soft Launch, and Android's working out everything and all that stuff, but that's the date we have been given. It is coming out, Andre. Really do appreciate it. I know it's taken a while, but this is a brand new type of thing, and uh, I don't know anything about technical stuff, as you guys can tell. Uh, Do you think the 49ers will have D Ford on a snap count? Yes. Likely only third downs. No, a little bit more. Um, I I think third downs for sure, but I think 25 snaps, Sergio, is about what D Ford's going to get. And it's really been that way after week two. Um, D Ford snaps have not gone past that since week two. Um, And that's okay because you have three top-tier defensive ends. Uh, Nick Bosa's playing almost every single snap. He's missing one or two series. Basically one series a half. Nick Bosa is going to be out, and even if it gets the third down, they sub him in. And then you've got Eric Armstead, who's doing the same thing. He's playing almost every single snap on the outside, and then sometimes he'll go inside on third down. And so you've got D. Ford kind of replacing both of those guys on the outside. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Debo, that like button, y'all. I like that. Appreciate that, Niner by nature. That's great. Um, I heard you said CJ is the GOAT last month. Um, 
I think you're talking about C.J. Beathard, and I don't believe I have ever said that. Uh, I do like him, but uh, not as a quarterback for my team. Saints fans been talking mess all week. That's what the Saints fans do. Uh, born and raised in Dallas, Texas, so you got a lot of fans down there. Uh, never met a Saints fan until they got Drew Brees. Then a whole bunch of the teenagers jumped on whenever they were winning and they won the Super Bowl, and that's fine. But, uh, yeah, they are a very talkative uh, fan base. Uh, that is definitely true, but that's okay. The, the, if somebody talks trash to you, that's a Saints fan. Just tell them forty-eight to twenty-six. That's the win-loss record between the Forty ers and uh, the Saints. If we could play the Saints every week in the NFL, I'd be perfectly fine with that because they just have never played well against the Forty ers So uh, no problems with that. Let them talk. Um, not a big deal. Okay, we lost um, a combined point total of six points. I rest my case. Yeah, <laughs> here's the deal. But this is the main difference between the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers, guys. There's never been a team with 10 wins that has the point differential so low as the Seattle Seahawks. They play so many games close. That's just what they do. Now, uh, let's play devil's advocate is they can win the close game. That's the, you know, from a coaching standpoint, that's what I would be telling my team. We have been tried and we have been tested and we constantly come out on top by the last possession. So they have that mindset. Now, uh, the reverse side of that is they play to whatever level their opponent is. Because they can barely beat really, really bad teams. And if you know, we look at what the 49ers have done, 49ers have blown out some great teams. They've got head coaches fired. They've destroyed teams so bad. So um, I really do think that there's not really a debate over the ceiling of each team. If the 49ers are on, they can win by more than 10 points against any team in the NFL. Uh, you look at that Packers game and you just scratch your head and just say, wow, um, <laughs> this could have gone so bad. And it did. Then you look at the games versus the Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks. And here's the deal. You take away a few of those Jimmy Garoppolo's turnovers that just crush momentum. Then I think you get a whole nother story. You were up on top of, uh, you know, the Ravens, right off the bat, you force them to punt, you get the ball, and then you let them right back in the game. Um, that game totally could have gone differently. But you get those turnovers, and it changes all of possession, and it just changes the outcome of the game. So um, that's what turnovers do, and that's why they're such a big deal. And probably one of the biggest differences between this year and the 49ers last year, who very similar <laughs> personnel groups. We haven't brought a lot of people in here. Um from 2018 it's turnovers on both sides and uh, injuries and the 49ers are healthy finally getting so many players back d ford joe staley dj jones uh, there's just so many guys coming back literally the only two players that probably won't be playing this week is going to be dante pettis and julian taylor i really think those are about it and that's about all we got that's going to be out. So uh, some guys are playing banged up. You know, Jaquaski Tart, sorry, I forgot to leave him out. He's going to be out as well. So outside of that, uh, only one of those guys is really a starter. So very, very healthy, and that's crazy that we finally got to this point. Hopefully we can stay there. Uh, from JP, I got two friends in New Orleans right now. He said Niner fans everywhere, and their plane was full of the faithful. We have a presence in the Big Easy. Let's go. Yeah, the Niners have traveled so well this year. The fan base of the 49ers is special. 
and we've had a rough few years. <laughs> and so we the a lot of the people have been laying somewhat dormant, huge fans, but it's rough, you know, throwing up an extra thousand $2,000 to fly the family out and get game tickets. NFL prices are huge, and that's hard to do whenever your team's 4-12. and And so whenever your team finally shows up, man, 49ers are a lot of fun. And what they've been doing and the product they've been putting on the field, you want to be a part of that. So I get it. Um, and again, oh, we've got the Blue Chew. I appreciate that. Thank you to Blue Chew. <laughs> Fable JVC. That's right, bluechew.com. Use promo code 49ers49ERS. Uh, <laughs> I love the, the comments on there. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, from Nick. Every game, our pass rush and run game is dominant when we win. Does this trend continue against the Saints? Heck, yes, it does. Uh, the 49ers against non-running quarterbacks or mobile quarterbacks have been dominant. Um, and so if you're going to have a quarterback sit back there, and that's what Drew Brees does, he does climb the pocket very, very well and elude pressure very, very well, but he's not a threat to run. Now, and this is key. We haven't brought this up yet, but this is one of my keys to the game, and we're off. I'm way off schedule, so who cares? Let's just keep talking through it. Taysom Hill, okay? There's two players that scare me for the Saints. And I say two players scare me. I think the 49ers are going to win this game handily. I really do think we match up well. But if the Saints are going to win this game, it's because of these two players. Taysom Hill, number one, and Cameron Jordan, number two. They have the power to take over a game. Taysom Hill is, he doesn't make any sense, okay? He's one of the fastest players in the entire NFL. He is huge jacked, and he's mean as hell. He blocked a damn kick last week on special teams. He plays tight end, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. He does it all. And so they always use him. He usually gets about 20 to 25 snaps a game. He's basically D Ford on the offensive side for the Saints. He is a huge kind of dynamite piece that brings some electricity. Uh, the 49ers have showed they struggle very much. Now, we got it corrected against Lamar Jackson with the zone read. We're going to see some zone read this week with Taysom Hill back there at the quarterback position. So that is going to be key. Um, can If it's going to be third and four, Taysom Hill is going to be in the game, and he is going to be key. So that that's going to be one of the things that we've got to pay attention to. Where is Taysom Hill? That's going to be huge. Uh, from Jim Brony, awesome name. How many snaps will Breedy get? Will he or Raheem get more than Coleman since Coleman's lack of work in recent games? Here's the deal. Uh, there's no doubt Raheem Mostert was great. Now, Kyle Shanahan, is, <laughs> he's so loyal to guys that he used to play for him. Ideally, what would happen here, um, okay, let's play two games. Number one, John Chapman's the running back coach, and I get to determine snaps. Uh, Brita is starting. Raheem goes in on the second set, and I want to put Tevin Coleman out there uh, for short yardage, kind of what we've been using um, Jeff Wilson Jr. for. That's what I would like to do. I want all three of them to get snaps, and you kind of rotate series, and you get them all in there, and then you go with the hot hand. If Tevin Coleman does another one of those five rushes for six yards type of crap, I think he's done. But Raheem and Breida should be getting the majority of carries. They are superior in the passing game, superior in the running game. The one place that Tevin Coleman has kind of continually shined out on is pass protection. 
So he's not as great a receiver, but he does pick up the blitz much better than Raheem does. Uh, Brita, I think he's on par with Coleman there. But, um, yeah, I, Brita, if he's healthy, which I think he is, he almost went last week, Brita's the best back we have. I, I truly do believe that. I think Raheem is behind him, and then uh, Tevin Coleman's three. But Tevin Coleman would be a starting running back probably on about 10 different teams in the NFL. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of depth there. So uh, really excited to see how this works. Um, from Allen, given how Brunskill and McGlinchey are playing, how would you bring Staley back into the O-line? You start Staley. Uh, I, tr- I don't think it's close. Joe Staley is one of the best run-blocking offensive linemen in the history of the NFL. He has proven he can continue to run block at a very high rate. The last game we saw Joe Staley was against Jadavian Clowney having the game of his entire life. And so... Two things. One, Staley uh, fractured, pulled his tendon, whatever, on the very first series. And Jadavian Clowney abused Mike McGlinchey that week as well. He destroyed everybody that went against. Um, so do you put that entire game on Staley? I don't think you do. Um, he almost, he started limited work last week. I think you bring him back. Now, uh, if Staley is looking sluggish or struggling out there, I think you have a little bit of a shorter leash but not to the extent that we saw with Justin School where they just yanked him after one bad series. Um, but, yeah, you'd love to have that backup depth with Brunskill, and he has earned a right to be a part of this team long term. But, no, uh, if Staley's healthy, the 49ers are better with Staley. Uh, I don't think Brunskill can get to that level. I really, really don't. And I love Brunskill. Maybe he can, but Staley is still uh, the prominent left tackle for this team. I, I, don't, I don't think that there's any question there. So I think he starts in with pure confidence. Um, here we go. Next question here. From Fable, uh, do you think Jimmy G is still developing or has he reached his zenith? Zenith? No, he's still developing. Um, what's the stat? Baker Mayfield has started more games than Jimmy Garoppolo has in his career. So, yeah, he is still going. Uh, what is he, 18-4? and four? He's 22 games. He hasn't even started two full seasons yet. No, Jimmy Garoppolo still can get better, and that's saying a lot because he's playing very, very well. Yeah, the turnovers are an issue. That's, all, that's, that's kind of the key thing, but if you you look at what Jimmy Garoppolo does on third and fourth downs. Very, very special. Again, most of the focus on the game last week versus the Ravens is that last fourth and one play where he chunked it deep. But nobody's talking about the two previous fourth and twos that he converted passing the ball deep. So what he has done, every team in the NFL would take a 66% um, conversion rate on fourth downs. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been doing that through the air mostly. You go back to the Cardinals game whenever he had his 400-yard, four-touchdown game. You can rely on him. Uh, you can do that now. Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to do that. He wants to run the get, run the ball. Great defense, run the ball. That's the formula the 49ers want to use. Jimmy Garoppolo is great, and so you can rely on him whenever you get to that point, but that's not the goal. The goal is never for Jimmy Garoppolo to throw more than 25 passes. Now, if a defense loads up the box and stops the run game, well, okay, cool. We can now turn to Jimmy Garoppolo and turn him loose, but nobody in the 49ers front office wants that. Uh, it is there, but not what you want to do. Um, how will Drew Brees see over Armstead and DeForest Buckner? Yeah, it, it's this defense, especially defensive line, 
is built to beat Drew Brees. <laughs> it really, really is. Uh, you know, we have the other munchkin in the 49ers division in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is shorter than Drew Brees. So uh, now Drew Brees does that one thing where he always tilts his shoulder up and kind of like changes the trajectory of his pass. He's done that very well throughout his career. But yes, you are exactly correct. And the thing that Drew Brees has been on record his entire career, uh, the one thing that bothers him the most is pressure in his face. He cannot stand it. And that's a big reason why the Saints went out and drafted Eric McCoy in the second round uh, as center because he was the best offensive line. I had, uh, I think I ranked him in the top 15 of my drop draft prospects list, my big board before the draft. Loved Eric McCord. I love that guy. He is amazing. He's playing center for the Saints. And so they invested heavily, and he's played very, very well. Uh, possible Pro Bowl vote for uh, the rookie this year at center. So they got a great pickup there. Uh, they have drafted very, very well lately. They really, really have. All right, so let's real quick, let's go through just a couple more things that I wanted to highlight uh, just about what they do well and what they don't do well. And let's start off with the the Saints defense and just look at their kind of overall ranks in the NFL and how they match up. So this is their defense. They allow the 12th most points in the 8th most uh they're 8th best in yards. So uh, you look at what they do from a point standpoint, they give up quite a few points outside of the top 10. Now their yardage, they do a much better job of, but they allow a very good conversion rate in the red zone where they give up a lot more touchdowns than they do field goals. And that's kind of been a problem for them uh, their entire year. Now turnover wise, they forced 18 turnovers, which ranks 12th best, and they have given up 237 first downs, which is just outside the top 10. 49ers are number one there. Uh, so you can sustain drives against these guys. They're just outside of a top 10 defense. Very, very close. Uh, they do tend to force teams to be very, very pass heavy. Um, and a big reason why they've been able to do that is they are so stout on first and second down. And they want you to throw the ball against them. Um, that's what they want because they're so turnover prone on the backside and Cameron Jordan gets turned loose. So those are the things that you have to kind of exploit. Now, again, I've talked about the players uh, that I'm really, really scared about. Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, they are the MVPs of this defense. Um, and if you can isolate those, I really do think if you run the ball, <laughs> if the 49ers run the ball well, this game's not going to be a game. Um, you're going to neutralize their best players. You're going to stop Cameron Jordan from blitzing off the edge, which Cameron Jordan is probably the best run defensive lineman in the NFL this year. But um, that's fine. You can run away from him, or you can trap him, or you can use him to read on the outside zone, things like that. There's ways that you can kind of get outside of that. Uh, and again, their defensive scheme, very similar to ours, except more true man on the outside. Uh, they always line up with a two-safety look, but as pre-snaps things happen, they always shift out of it to a single high safety. So it's it's not very... They don't cover things very well, I guess is what I want to say. Um, now if we flip to the other side, the offensive stats. Here we go. It, much better. Um, they have scored the ninth most points and the 13th most yards. So it's very <laughs> – they're flipped. Their defense uh, gives up too many uh, points and not a lot of yards, whereas their offense scores too many points and doesn't get a lot of yards. So they're, they, they, they're not built – the same way. And they have given up the fewest turnovers. Only seven turnovers 
this year. Um, four of those have come from Drew Brees, and they've only lost one fumble, so they don't put the ball on the ground a lot. And outside of that, there's not really anything that they do great, especially running the ball. They have the 23rd most rushing attempts. They don't like to run the ball. Only seven rushing touchdowns, which is 22nd best. So they want to throw the football. It's it's kind of who they want the ball in Drew Brees' hands, and they just want to turn him loose. And that's what they want to do. And one of the things that's interesting when you watch film, they love to go from four, four wideouts to 22 personnel, back to four wideouts to 22 personnel. And that's like play, 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 play. They want to confuse you not so much with pre-snap um, alignment and motions like Kyle Shanahan. They are just switching out personnel groups nonstop. Uh, they want fresh players in there, and they want you to get confused on where Taysom Hill is. That's the whole point of all the substitution that they're going to do. Um, they'll throw a pass route, and if a wide receiver catches it on the sideline, they don't let him go back in. They keep him out, and then they sub somebody else in thinking the team won't notice. And sometimes they won't even huddle. They'll just rush to the line, and they'll just sneak Taysom Hill out there. If a tight end goes to the sideline, they're going to put Taysom Hill in for him. If it's a run, like, it's weird. It's like the play calling sheet for Sean Payton isn't so much about the situation on the field, you know, down in distance. It's about who can I sub this guy in for and confuse the defensive coordinator. That's what they do. Now, the one thing that's probably good and bad about the 49ers defense is they don't predicate their calls on personnel groups. We run our scheme because we're such a dominant defense and we don't adjust so much to where these players are. So uh, that's a good and bad thing. Like we don't rotate coverage like they do. Uh, if the 49ers had a dominant receiver. They would put Marshawn Latimer on him and just say, you follow that player the whole damn game. We don't do that. We keep our guys where they are. Now, players to watch out for, obviously, Drew Brees. He, he's he's special. Um, and the way that you beat Drew Brees has not changed in a very, very long time. You have to get to him with four, four men. Uh, you have to get pressure on him, but you can't blitz him. He's too damn smart. And so it, if these are the NFL quarterback ratings for Drew Brees. He has a 76.3 rating when he gets pressure on him with only four players. But when you blitz and get pressure on him, he's a 122.5. He's got to pick the weak spot. So the good thing, this is how the 49ers are built, is you get pressure with four. And you got to have help uh, in the backside because what he does, he doesn't throw the ball deep. Again, he's only he's only attempted um, six deep balls this year. That's it. He doesn't throw the ball deep. But the way that their tendencies are on pass plays, they have one player streaking down the middle of the field every play. Everybody's kind of in that 5 to 15 yard interim passing game and then they have one player leak out as a checkdown. So they've got a deep threat, a bunch of intermediate routes and a checkdown player and Drew Brees will check down like no other. He doesn't care. He just wants positive plays. He doesn't care how they get them. And in the past, those checkdowns have been to um goodness, uh <laughs> the Matrix guy, uh they're running back Alvin Kamara, sorry. Uh they check down to him and he makes everybody miss tackles, but he has not been the same player since he came back from his injury about 4 weeks ago. So, I don't think that Alvin Kamara is the player. I don't think he's fully healthy. I really really do. He just doesn't have the explosiveness and he's not forcing all the missed tackles. He had the best contact balance in the NFL. 
uh, his first two years. But for some reason, um, he just hasn't looked, he doesn't pass the eye test. You're watching film and you're just like, man, who's wearing Alvin Kamara's jersey? And hopefully that continues for the 49ers. And of course, you got to talk about Michael Thomas, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. He's on pace to break the all-time reception record. He has just been, it doesn't even make sense. His catch rate numbers are special. Um, but, I mean, if you look at what he's been able to do just receiving, he has 110 receptions and 1,290 yards, six touchdowns. And we are going, he's only played 13, ga- 13 weeks, 12 games. So you're talking about a guy that's averaging uh, just over nine catches a game. He's going to get his. So don't I mean you can't get upset about that. He his catch rate is just stupid. <laughs> he he's been he's been really really impressive. A record-breaking season and they're going to throw it to him and that's okay. Uh, not really an issue whenever you look at the big scheme of things. If they're going to beat us, it's not going to be because Michael Thomas goes off. Michael Thomas is going to go off, guys. You can't let everybody else beat you. That's kind of the key thing there. Now uh, before we jump out of here, it's time for the, my favorite part of the whole week. Uh, I love this. The keys and predictions to the game. And I want to talk real quick about the Vegas Lions. They changed again today. San Francisco has moved, the line has moved a point away uh, towards San Francisco. I'm sorry. San Francisco's now just plus two. Plus two. On the road, you get three points, but the Vegas money has poured in on the side of the 49ers, and this just shows you how everybody feels. San Francisco matches up very well. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I told you guys this line, this was going to happen, and I tweeted out, get your money in now. Uh, I got in at three points. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got in at three and a half points. Hopefully some of you guys did earlier. Now it's down to two, uh, so if you've waited, you kind of missed uh, a point and a half is huge because after, I mean, 49ers have lost two games by a field goal. Uh, and you're talking worst case scenario that's what's going to happen again you still cover the spread and so if you want to bet this game and I've got a parlay I'm going to talk about here as well then uh, get into um, my predictions and takeaways but here's the deal guys my bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football teams every weekend. Uh, they always have the most up-to-date lines and most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. There's, It's not even close. So if you're going to be betting this season, do the smart thing. Bet with MyBookie. Just head over to MyBookie.ag and use promo code 49ers. Uh, 49ERS. They're going to double your first deposit, and it's free money. <laughs> you, you could, It's free money on there. So you get your initial thing. You could bet that, get it in and out, and all that stuff. And here's the thing. You play, you win, you get paid. So here are my two bets of the week that I want to do. First off, I'm taking the 49ers even plus two. Um, I was going to do a specific prop bet where the 49ers have to win between 1 and 13 points, but I got scared of that bet, not because I don't think the 49ers are going to win, but I think there's a chance the 49ers freaking pour it on. Very similar to the Green Bay game. And so I would hate to put that money down on that game and the 49ers went by more than 14. So I stayed away from that. I am taking the 49ers with the points. I am taking the 49ers with the money line as well because it pays out better odds. I love the matchup for the 49ers this week. Now my parlay bet this week, which we hit last week huge, um, it's it's a little bit of a safer one. I'm taking the 49ers plus two, um, and then a parlay basically you bet less and you win more, uh, but it's more risky. 
So I'm taking the 49ers plus two and the Bills plus six and a half versus the Ravens. The Bills are at home. The Ravens are traveling. I love the Buffalo Bills when they are at home. But I bought an extra point because I wanted to clear a full touchdown. So it gives you pace out just a little bit less. So I'm getting the Bills plus 7.5. So they get a free touchdown at home. I think the Bills are a great damn football team. Those two things happen. You bet 10, you win 23. That's my parlay bet of the week with mybookie.ag. So really, really excited about those. So here we go. Let's do these predictions and keys to the game, baby. Um, again, two concerns. If somebody says, how could the Saints win this game? And again, I kind of said this already. It's because Taysom Hill goes off, and it's because Cameron Jordan has another career game. So uh, really, really, those are the two key guys. But the 49ers match up so well with the Saints. and really not worried about it. Um, the Saints are going to have to find a way to run this ball and not have third and long where we can tee up on Drew Brees. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that. The way Fred Warner has been playing this season, just named NFC Player of the Month, by the way, I really do think that we're going to be able to shut this team down on offense. I don't think that they're going to be able to generate that many points. So as long as the 49ers don't get turnover happy, I think this game gets out of hand relatively quick. I, I really, really do believe that's going to happen. 49ers offense needs to limit Cameron Jordan, and how they do that is they run the damn ball. My key stat of the week, this is my lock of the week, if the 49ers get 35 rushing attempts, they win this game. Uh, they've gotten over 40 several times, I think six times this year. I don't even think we need to get that many. I think we just need 35 rushing attempts. Now, you run the ball. And you do a hell of a job. Thank you, Cotter uh, Maurice, for that awesome uh, <laughs> comment about uh, Taysom Hill's ethnicity. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so here we go. Here's my prediction of the game, baby. 49ers win 31-21, to and I had to change that. I had 31-17, to but I do think that maybe there is a chance they get some garbage time scores late in the game. I think the 49ers run away with this one, and if you guys have followed me for the season, you know I, I'm not a big 49ers blowout guy in the past. Uh, I usually have a staying relatively close to the spread. This game, I think we match up so well. Uh, this is one of the biggest uh, blowouts I think that we're going to have. I know it's only 10 points, but I think the game is not that close. I think that the Saints might get to score late against some backup players. Um, no clue who's going to be running the ball for San Francisco, but whoever it is, I think they're going to have a chance to get a lot of yards. Michael Thomas is going to get his, but I think Drew Brees is in for a super rough game. I, I just really believe that. I think the Niners are going to do a hell of a job this week. So uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. Really, really enjoy it. Please head over, download that Hot Mic app, use promo code RUSHESF. We will be live uh during the whole damn game. And again, we'll be also broadcasting the Sunday night game of the Seahawks versus the Ravens. I'm going to be talking a lot tomorrow, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Really appreciate the support, and as always, like the button, and we will be talking with you guys very soon. Enjoy your weekend, and as always, stay strong faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.